This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong and Dave Schrader talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me, as always, is Dave. Dave, this has been a, uh, a bit of a rough couple of weeks um, it has. in the literary w- world. It's been a it's been a heavy few weeks. That's absolutely. You know, our last full episode was on Larry McMurtry, uh, mourning him, remembering his legacy in writing, reminding you that you still have not finished Lonesome Dove. That's true, but you know, I I will let you know it's still in my house. I haven't gotten okay. rid of it. Okay, I just didn't haven't. I just stopped reading it. It's your ongoing reading cue. Is it sitting, yes. if I looked at Goodreads right now, would I see it as Aaron is on page 54 or whatever you're uh, You on? would see it in my, um, te- you would see it not in my currently reading list. Okay. So yes. did you place it back on mm-hmm. the to read list? Oh, mm-hmm. I see. You backtracked. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I see what I you did. did there. Integrity. Integrity right there, because it was less than 10% of the book. You call so. it integrity. I call it judgment on you. So Okay. It's just, well, yeah. but hey, look, I went to McKay's yesterday, that, as in the day before we we were recording this. And, you know, little things like that. And I went and I went into the section that has all the McMurtry books. And I um, got a couple. I'm very grateful, man. Yes. I love that I love that you got some copies there. Yeah. Yes. So I got for for you and me, I got two different books. Book club. La- that's right, because we're gonna do a little bit of book clubbing here. All right. And this is going to be my attempt to get into get into a McMurtry book because they're shorter. Oh, these ones are yes. shorter. Okay, Wh- which ones did you? Shorter. Which ones did you get again? Uh, the last kind word saloon, <laughs> uh, which is a book that is, and both of these are a little more comedic, but um, this one is kind of a a closing out of the um, of the old West era with basically a uh, with a, a story starring Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Oh, cool. Uh, see, I, mm-hmm. you know, it's that same thing. It's like why I, the context of the high divide, you know, Len Inger's book, I, I love because mm-hmm. it was set, um, well, the story, uh, the background of the story takes place around Custer and Crazy Horse and so on. And uh, I, I, that's why I liked it. It's like, it was something familiar, yet a unique story focused yeah. on a fictional person or or family in that case. Yeah. So I like that. I like when there's something else that we know more about or at least the legend of. So, yes. oh, that sounds great. I like that. Yeah. And the other one is Boone's Lick by Larry McMurtry as well. And so, I mean, that should be a given that I just said it was McMurtry books. But, yeah, you know, is, this is just is, what happens. Is Boone's Lick, is that the name of a town? That is the name of a town. Okay. It's a town in Missouri. Yes, um, that's right. There, by so, the way, here is something, you know, I, I, I doing a driving trip of back in, I don't know, last fall, it reminded me again of all the funny names in the South and the Midwest you get. Well, I mean, really all throughout the U S it's not that cause Canada has amazing, great names too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you're right in Missouri that, you know, there's, uh, you know, just, just, yeah. Anything with lick in it, it just it's, makes me it's good. smile. Yeah. Yeah. 
So here's the so here's the here's the synopsis of Boone's Lick. All right. And so this was his this was McMurtry's first historical novel in uh, in ten years at the time of its release. Uh, so in this book, he uh, McMurtry introduces Mary Margaret, a 19th century version of the formidable, unforgettable Aurora Greenway of Terms of Endearment. Mary Margaret mm-hmm. is married to Dickie, who hauls supplies to the forts along the Oregon Trail, and as Mary Margaret rightly suspects, enjoys the pleasures of other women across most of the frontier. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Fed up and harboring a secret love of her own, she collects the kids, her brother-in-law Seth, her sister Rosie, and her cranky father and makes her way westward to settle things once and for all. Hmm. I like it. I like and it. And it also features Wild Bill Hickok. <laughs> okay, okay. There you go. And US Army Colonel F- Fetterman. Okay, I'm excited, man. So this is so is the rest of 21 going to be the year of the Western for us? Is that going to be uh, our? Uh, that seems to be it so far. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be. We're going to try a couple, and we're going to see what we can do, and hopefully, I can actually get into one of these ones. Okay, so, so um, our my company is uh, mm-hmm. working on the marketing for Redeeming Love, the movie. It's already been shot. It will release sometime this year or next. That In the movie world and COVID dates are all over the place. But nevertheless, if you know if you haven't read the novel, um, um, I, I, I would say I highly recommend, but I've not read it all and I need to. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it's like, I remember being a Christian in the 90s and like all these late women loved it and i it just seemed like you know christian fiction whatever romantic fiction yeah nevertheless it is a very powerful story told you know is set in 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 the western you know world so it's a familiar story but it's also you know the book of hosea and that's the story it's based on um but i i my intern Emily, she had read it for the first time. You know, she'd never, you know, she's a 20 year old. There's all these people. That's what I love about best selling books is like there's always a new crowd that's growing up reading a lot of these. That's why Lonesome Dove came out when I was a kid. But here we are later in life reading it for the first time, like it's the best new book that came out. I, I know I'm just using that as an illustration, Aaron, mm-hmm. even though you don't know what that means. So, but uh, I mean, I know what it means to be to to be the best book ever. But right, right. But when when Emily shared that with me about uh, redeeming love, it just hit that point again about there is something about westerns. Again, mm-hmm. I know this is not our McMurtry episode, but I just there's something about westerns that help tell the setting, uh, a hotel help better tell a story that could be familiar, such as a Bible story like Hosea, mm-hmm. um, because it's just something our imagination goes wild with. So. There you go. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, right? so no. Not, Instead, no. we are talking about another legend in the literary world. Yes. Beverly Cleary. Ah, uh, may she rest in peace. Yes. But man, what a full life. So she passed away within a day or so of Larry mm-hmm. McMurtry. And so like both of their tributes came out at similar time. But um, there probably aren't that many kids who weren't exposed in some way to some of her books growing up as a fourth, yeah. fifth grader. Her books were like the entryway into stories, which yes. I, I love. I love those authors who say, hey, listen, now you can read a little bit. I'm going to help you become a better reader, and I'm going to give you fun characters and stories to to go along with. And um, um, and I was one of those fans. I... I, mm-hmm. I um, um, as a as a young boy, 
I didn't, I'm trying to think the books I read during that time, but I mean that boys maybe would like, but I didn't, again, Aaron, I didn't read a lot of science fiction. So, but I read like the, uh, th this is not Beverly clear, but you know, hatchet, we've talked about that before. Yeah. I read, uh, uh, the Indian in the cupboard. That's a fun mm -hmm. story. And then I liked the miniature stories. So like Ralph S. Mouse that Beverly Cleary wrote was so fun to me. It was the fact that there was this whole world, this little world that a mouse could live in. And uh, that was also familiar because, you know, the mouse lives in a house and other places. So humans are part of the story. And, mm -hmm. um, but it's, um, it's just a fun character who learns about courage and, you know, and, and, and he also learns to ride a motorcycle, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So these are just like fun things to me that, uh, and so, and I know we're going to explore some of her books, but like, Aaron, do you remember reading any of her books growing up? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously I read, you know, Beezus and, and Ramona and, um, you know, and a bunch of those, and a bunch of those books, um, when I was a kid, um, I was kind of reintroduced to, Beverly Cleary with my own kids because um, mm. particularly the girls really, really loved uh, the Ramona series, mm. um, which I mean, one of the things that's that's fun in there is is and I actually didn't realize this until we were doing our minimal show prep for this episode, <laughs> but um, I didn't actually realize that the Henry Huggins books came before. The okay. Ramona series. I actually oh, okay. thought I thought the Ramona series because it's the it's the better known yeah. of all of those. Huh. Um, I thought those came first, but it actually is a, almost a spinoff um, because um, uh, because Henry and Beezus was the second book in that, and that's mm. what actually introduced everybody to um, mm -hmm. to Beezus and Ramona. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of, that's kind of cool to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, but I mean, you know, reading Ramona Quimby age eight was, um, mm. was great fun and seeing the progression of that, of that series when, um, you know, you start out with like basically like a five-year-old and mm. going up to about age 10 and not remembering all the crazy stuff that she did when her, when her little sister yeah. um, starts doing all the things that she did as well. So. Oh my. Well, you know, she lived a very full life writing up to her later years, but you know, she lived to be 104. I saw which, mm -hmm. when she passed, I just, I don't know. I did sounds terrible. I didn't know she was still alive. I, uh, I think part of it's, you know, you get to an age where it's probably certainly more difficult, but she was still riding up to, it looks like her eighties, maybe early nineties. And, yeah. uh, yeah, but her we, last we were looking, original piece was 99. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, and she, um, yeah, was born during world war one, 1916. Mm -hmm. Gosh, think about like the world she got to see, but, um, another thing, well, well, another book I, I remember, I, I didn't, I don't. I, I think I read it, but I can't remember because I know it won a uh, Newbery Award. But, you know, Dear Mr. Henshaw, uh, that was her like big book in the 80s. And that was like when that book was huge because, you know, any, you know, if you go to public school, well, I guess in many school, you know, you're reading a lot of Newbery books. But, mm -hmm. um, um, but that was huge then. And I think that's when I remember so many people were reading Ramona and all these others, but um, um, just, you know, prolific. Another fun thing we discovered, it's funny in our minimal show prep, was the fact that she wrote stories 
book stories that went with Leave It to Beaver, mm -hmm. the uh, you know the show back in the fifties and early sixties, <laughs> which <laughs> cracks me up. So yes. and that, those seem to be some of her earlier books that she uh, that she wrote. Um, yeah, it was kind of a midpoint in her career because uh -huh. she was like she'd been active for 10 years as an uh -huh. author. Yeah. And then she does these. Um, it looks like just three Leave yeah. it to Beaver books. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. and so it's like, OK, so media tie in novels yeah. were a thing in the early 60s, too. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is pretty darn impressive. So it's depressing. I know. I, it is. It is. It really is. Like apparently, well, think about it. Like the United States in particular got very commercial in the fifties, right? It's suddenly mm -hmm. it's post World War II generation, and we realize that people don't just want to watch this; they want the additional experience and. Mm -hmm. As an agent, that's a lot of what I do as well. Like, you know, some people don't just want to watch a movie. They want to read the novel that goes with mm -hmm. it. They want to read some some other nonfiction book that goes with it. So so I guess thank you, Beverly Cleary. I have a job today because of you. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Aaron. You're Ron Burgundy? I'm Ron Burgundy. I don't know what's going on. Um, no, I just, uh, what a, what a, what a. What a wonderful legacy. And um, I will say this just about publishing, because I know HarperCollins publishes the majority of her books. What I love is that our children and their children are probably going to be reading her books. There's just like, I can imagine like from that legacy standpoint about, I, I know they're set during times when they're written, but I think they're going to be oddly familiar to any kid, regardless if it's 20, 30 years from now or so on. So um, I hope they preserve a lot of the original packaging, but also I've looked at some of the new Ramona covers over the past few years. Mm -hmm. oh, they, look, they look fun and they certainly capture a kind of a new style and uh, that's a little more familiar today, but um, yeah, man, and, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate as well <laughs> is just that, um, you know, in, in new releases of her books, they're not updating things for the for modern times. Yes. And I yes. and I'm really glad that they're yeah. not doing that. Yeah, that's because a good, yeah. the setting is so important to those books. And it's actually led to some really good conversations that Emily and I have had with our sorry, excuse me. No, it's okay. And it's actually led to some really good conversations that Emily and I have had um about setting and different technology and things that were permissible in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s that you just can't, could not do today um, because of the way that um, yeah. society's views on parenting and helicopter parenting and, and whatnot have changed. Mm -hmm. um, like a, like a seven-year-old walking to school by herself yeah. um, is kind of a, it like would be... Um, frowned upon mm. here and mm. now i think mm. i like that mm. yeah and then of course rotary phones and and all yeah. that kind of fun stuff rotary phones yes rotary phones no computers it's no. great yeah <laughs> i mean i saw she passed away in uh in carmel by the sea california and what a great place to retire in that in that spot uh wow she um 
man, I didn't know, like, you know, she grew up in Oregon. Is that right? There's some statues of Ramona there mm-hmm. and there's a school there. Um, I just think like, you know, you know, going to, you know, you know, industry book shows over the years, your most passionate crowd is usually going to be librarians and not that booksellers are not, they actually are. It's just, uh, um, but librarians are a special breed because there's that joy of them recommending good writing for a kid and uh, especially children. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine like there's, you know, kids born today who, you know, like, as you pointed out, it's been 20 plus years since her last books were published, but, uh, but uh, clearly any of these librarians have been impacted by her and that they can pass it on. And so yeah. that's a challenge to us as parents and eventually maybe down the road, grandparents to keep uh, spreading the word about books like hers, but yeah, they, man, they teach empathy. You get to really step into the shoes of a character like Ramona mm-hmm. or the feet webbed feet of a uh, mouse in my case. <laughs> but, yes. uh, but I, I just think of joy. I, I, I didn't love a lot of books then. Cause I told, I shared before yeah. I wasn't a huge reader then, but my joy I did get in books were books like Ralph S mouse runaway mouse. Um, yeah. And just, yeah. Ones that helped yeah. me escape in that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. and I think one of the things that I really appreciate about 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 these about her work um as a parent is when you read them with your kids, you empathize with the parents a whole lot more. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> cuz you cuz you recognize your own experience in uh in what she is um in what she's writing. There's a lot of there's a yeah. lot more truth in there than I think people yeah. Give credit for in a kid's story. Yeah. So, yeah. which I mean, just means that ultimately this is just good writing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, by the way, I saw she wrote a memoir called A Girl from Yamhill. Um, so, I, I'm, that must be the area she's from in Oregon or wherever. But uh, I'd like to pick that up, learn more about her life. I know, you know, reading books about, authors is uh you know just depends kind of it is yeah. uh, but a side note on a completely different author um mm-hmm. i saw that ken burns's documentary on uh hemingway releases this next week actually oh, yeah actually th- the week that this is dropping i think it's april 5th it's on mm. pbs i'm super excited about that now mm-hmm. that reading a biography in hemingway <laughs> that is <laughs> now that is some excitement for you folks um i've read a few and man that guy wow just wow um he was his own kind of something that man was on the beaches in Normandy on day one. So, or maybe <laughs> not day on two. day two. Not day two. Yeah, not on day. Exactly. It may have been day two. He wasn't on the first wave, but he was right there as a journalist. Um, and that's just a small bit of things that a lot of people don't know about him, but whatever. But Beverly Cleary hopefully lived a, uh, well, clearly she didn't live as hard as Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> Who has lived as hard as Ernest Hemingway? Yeah, though, really. when she, when she, we, yeah, he died when she was still young in her writing career. Um, mm-hmm. What he was like, nineteen sixty-one or two or something when he died. Uh, whereas she had been writing for like ten years at that point. So I don't know, man. Fascinating. Okay, yeah. author bios. Well, Beverly Cleary, go pick up her books. Make sure your children are reading them. So good, so fun. And so many books I saw that I just had not heard of. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the awesome thing. Like here, we were just talking about McMurtry and, 
as follow-up, these books that sometimes it takes an author passing for us to kind of pay a little closer attention to say, man, they've written amazing books that we are just discovering for the first time. So yeah, I love it. Beverly clearing. Boom. There we go, man. I am, uh, do your kids still read the Beverly Cleary books at all? Um, they, they do. They do not. They no, do they not. do not. No, they're a little, little bit older. They could. Yeah. You know, they're they're kind of written age eight to ten, right? Yeah, they're in they're, they're in that right? eight to twelve window. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so no, they're not. Um, yeah. I know they've certainly they're Ramona and B- it would have been uh, Ramona and Beezus stuff. You know, I I I, yeah. I don't, but I don't think they've. I don't think they, I'm like, I'm looking at some of the rest of them and I don't know. I mean, they also haven't read all of these. So, um, um, I, I, you know, I, I have a, when, when I got my bookshelves and our den set up, I of course got a lot of old books that Brooke and I, uh, read as children that we've kept out and some that we've certainly shared with them, but it's fun. Cause I have a lot of these still, I definitely mm-hmm. have the Ralph S. Mouse ones. I have, as I mentioned, Indian in the cupboard, I found that the other day. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of it's just, if you're not visiting a library, if you're not asking for recommendations, if your school is not recommending them, you know, you, you just, you kind of got to go, well, you got to visit your library or your yeah. bookstore to see what's there. But I don't know. I'd be curious if I went into a Barnes and Noble today, like how many Beverly Cleary books are there? I'd be willing to a bet lot. there are a lot. I, I, a I lot. was going to say, especially with the new packaging and it does take kudos to HarperCollins. They're great at long-term brand building on authors mm-hmm. like that from a legacy standpoint. They're always going to keep it in print and have new covers as times change but the story's still probably going to be the same i love yeah. that so yeah it's great i mean you know would would it be that that any of us who who dabble in fiction could have oh, yeah. that experience that would oh. be that'd be something Ab- absolutely um, no yeah mm. so so well, dave um yeah. i don't know that there, i mean I don't know that there's much more that we can that we can say about uh, Beverly Cleary together today. Yeah, well, I, I remember, yeah, and listeners, so I, yeah, I texted Aaron. I thought, like, we need to do something on Beverly Cleary. Like, I, I, I have not read all of her books, just like Larry McMurtry, so I can't call myself anything close to an expert. But I said, is there someone we know who, like, has read them all, or, you know, or is a librarian or something? So we talked about that, but we realized we need to do this, like, sooner than later just to – I think it's a great way to raise awareness of her books. And I think that's the best way I think to honor her legacy too, is uh, to do that. So um, I, I will be actively seeking out some of these to get out of the pile and maybe do with the kids this week too. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and listeners, you know, something, something we'd love to hear from you mm. is we'd actually love to hear from you about your favorite Beverly Cleary related memories. So yeah. what was a book that really stood out to you when you were a kid? Cause we know you read Beverly Cleary because mm. everyone read Beverly yes. Cleary mm-hmm. um, for the last 70 years. Mm-hmm. Everyone has read Beverly Cleary. Yep. yep pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh and yeah. So that is a, uh, and, and so we want to hear about that from you guys hear what you, what you love, what you remember, um, you know, if you, if you're a parent, what have you, what has your, your experience been like re reliving those stories with your own kids? So, uh, you know, hit us up on, on the social medias as, uh, as you do. So on 
Twitter and Instagram with uh, Table of Malcontents. You know, you know how to find us. Yeah. 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 So, Dave, before we go, I have a question for you. Yes. What are you reading? Well, um, I am finishing up Underground Railroad right now. Nice. How's that been? Um, hard, but really good, you know, of course. Um, and I, I've, um, I, I just felt like it, it, it's the funny thing. It's not my first, uh, sorry. Why am I blanking on his name? Aaron, help me out. Why am I blanking? I'm terrible. Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. It's not the first book I read, you know, that's probably everyone's first book they've read of his, but he's written a lot of different genres. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And he, um, um, and I may have mentioned this before, I think I did the previous episode, but no, I'm finishing it up right now, but it's, it's really good. And, um, yeah, I, um, so no, I have nothing but good things to say about it. Um, not surprised he's one, not one, but two Pulitzers now and mm-hmm. uh, finds again, finding a way to tell a, fam- a familiar story that we know from reading bullet points in history, yeah. right to making it come alive by following a character uh, and what they experience going through it from slavery to escape and finding a new life and new way in the North in this case. So mm-hmm. really well done. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish it up sometime in the next day or so. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. How about you? Um, well, I mean, I'm still, uh, you know, trekking along in gentle and lowly and in um true believer the stan lee book which continues to be very fascinating because man the he was the original self-promoter in like it like in terms of the modern the modern um creating a, a version of, of someone who basically like just creates a character of himself. And so yeah. that's, that's one of those things that like he, he determined, even though he actually hated comics, um, like mm-hmm. for, for a long time. And, and I think he kind of made peace with it a little bit later, but certainly in the, you know, post world war two up into even the sixties, he re like, he was trying to get out of comics Mm. um because really? yeah oh yeah Why? because it was it was juvenile kid stuff mm. and um you know and he wanted and he had aspirations of being a novelist and mm. um and it just never went anywhere yeah so okay. um but it's fascinating it's been it's been really interesting yeah. to to hear about this and i mean of course understanding you you know, every book is going to have a different slant. And so you got to take some of it with a grain of salt, but, um, <laughs> but it has been a, it has been a worthwhile endeavor for sure. Um, sure. yeah. And then, um, and then something that is going to hit my mailbox the day that, uh, a few days after this, or a few days before this, this episode releases is undiscovered country volume two. <laughs> Apparently it's fifteen dollars instead of the nine ninety nine that that's I got right. volume one that's because you, right. we got hoodwinked into it. That's what happened. Still, yeah. <laughs> it's your first taste for a lower price. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. I, I get it. It's the they, gateway gateway drug. That's to, right. They uh, they're Marty. using uh, they're using drug dealer marketing techniques. So All right. So um, so real quick, I'm going to call out Will Mitchell one second because Will okay. texted me yesterday and he was pointing out the fact that I've had this um, the comparison of my reluctancy to get into graphic novels um, juxtaposed with you. Uh, not being willing to read Lonesome Dove. It's not and a not willingness thing. It's I, I tried. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, but I, 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 I tried to read Undiscovered Country, and I did. You did read stat slashed looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. And, uh, but no, I just thought it was funny. I said, yeah, I said, it's, it's a, we have different reasons why we have, I said, I just, I'm just a distracted person. I said, that's my hardest thing with graphic novels. I respect the medium. I got that right now. Medium. Yes, you did it. You did it, Dave. The medium, but I, uh, I just, yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I probably would be, so yeah, let me see Undiscovered Country 2, Volume 2. I'm happy to do that. But I just, I don't think I can do it on a consistent basis. That's it. I said, yeah. Lonesome Dove, I, I pointed out Will. I said, Will, so the trick is, it's just 850 pages is a lot of book. And you got to be in the mood to do that. And I read a few long biographies each year, but I can only do them at certain times when I'm not as busy and mm -hmm. I can just more thoughtfully go through it. And um, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I much prefer a typical bio that's gonna be like three to 400 pages at most and which is long already but i think is gives you enough picture about someone's life so totally but not but not quite the quality of matthew mcconaughey's green lights i mean what is no no what is that's exactly is. it so yeah. there you future go. governor future governor apparently future governor Yep. Yeah. Right. Deep, deep in the heart of Texas. So That's right. there you all go. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> good, en good ending right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for, for jumping on, on the zoom today to, uh, to hang out and, uh, do this fun chat on Beverly Cleary and so many other things. Uh, so, uh, listeners, you know what to do. Uh, leave us your five-star ratings and reviews, all that fun stuff. And we'll talk to you later. This is an area code podcast.